Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. A busy, busy couple of weeks down in Florida wrapped up tonight. We've got some of the information for you. Some of it hasn't happened yet. All that and more coming up on this edition of Horsepower Happenings. Let's dive into it first and foremost on a Motor City Minute. The Dirt Car Nationals on tap last week at Volusia Speedway Park for the World of Outlaws case late models. Dresden, Ohio's Devin Moran and Oakwood, Illinois' Bobby Pierce led the way with two wins. Nick Hoffman, Mike Marler, Brandon Shepard also grabbed Little Gators. And the big finale was on Saturday. Like everything else in Florida this weekend was washed out. Pierce would be declared 2024 Big Gator Champion is first. What do we know from Daytona? Well, Rich, in a very timely change of events, we actually do know that Willie B, William Byron, grabbed his first career Daytona 500 championship by 200 yards, maybe. Uh, calamity coming through the tri-oval, and uh, Willie B had already taken the white flag, so the race was official, it was over, and uh, William Byron takes Hendrick Motorsports back to victory lane. Two in a row for Chevrolet, by the way, um, which uh, snaps a long drought for them from the Daytona 500. Elsewhere, NASCAR Xfinity Series, they're getting ready to race while we're recording this podcast, so we don't have the details from that one yet. Nick Sanchez survived a really rough NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series event on Friday night to get the win, and likewise, Gus Dean was one of the last ones standing in the ARCA Menard Series. Those things and so much more happening on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France, rightfully back in his kitchen where he belongs, um, no longer down in Florida. Welcome, sir. How's it going, man? I, you know, I got to say that Daytona 500 tonight, you know it couldn't be that clean the whole race, right? That it was, yeah, the one caution on lap six that took out uh, Harrison Burton, Carson Hosevar, I believe. Uh, and then the only cautions they had were the stage breaks. Yeah. All the way till eight to go. And, you know, obviously our attention was, was pulled, and I was at work for the beginning of the race, but what I was able to watch, Rich, was pretty pretty entertaining. I mean, three wide, multiple grooves, in and out, back and forth, uh, swapping positions, green flag pit stops. It was an entertaining 500, and then, of course, everything blew apart uh, with eight to go like we expected it to. And 
it was you know a restart. They they NASCAR did the right thing. They threw the red on the back straight away. They were able to take the green flag with four to go, and it was entertaining. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you that much. I I liked this year's Daytona 500. Yeah, well, what was fun is we were able, you and I were able to watch the last, uh, you know, last 10 laps together. And it was, uh, it was funny. It's every single move we were criticizing because we said, <laughs> this is the one, this is the one. Here they go. Oh, this is going to cause it. it. Here they go. Oh, they saved it. Yeah. And, and as much talent as there was there with eight to go, um, it's always somebody that runs out of talent that causes it, right? Three quarters of the field gone well you know you gotta do it's the daytona 500 and you gotta make some moves and you know eh, you run out of real estate really quick down there so well let's talk about some other things that happened in florida as you mentioned uh, with with your piece here in the motor city minute saturday was a wash for the entire state and so speed weeks was all basically moved up a day um including the world series at new smyrna speedway we covered the beginning of that last week on horsepower happenings but the final five days um, were contested this past week, Rich. I know you had your Flow Racing account working overtime over this past week. We're not going to go over all of the results, but uh, we will talk about the late model side of things. And first and foremost, I want to give props to Hunter Wright in the pro late model division. What a stand-up job they did this year, Rich. Um, fighting and fighting and fighting. Second, third, second, third. Um, a lap or a win falls in their lap by way of the tech barn and then on the final night they're in this battle uh with the rackley war team and everybody gets wrecked on the front straightaway and they pull a 1990s mark martin looking car out of pit road and finish ninth or tenth good enough to win a world series championship hats off to that 29 team yeah, so they did that. that. That was the second to last night when he wrecked, and they brought out that modified. They 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 were yeah, the only one. Yeah. You know, Dawson Sutton couldn't do it. They could that car wouldn't even roll. They had to lift Knock that the off rear end right out trucks. of it. Yeah, so they rolled that thing out. It was a modified when they brought it out, and as cars fell off, he kept gaining more points. They were like two points apart, uh, him and Sutton, and he brought. They got that car out, and all he did was just turn laps. He wasn't competitive. He was just turning laps, and then when he came out the final night, he had uh, quite the lead. He just did, needed to make sure that uh, what happened the night before didn't happen two nights in a row. Exactly. So he gets the championship for uh, the pro late model side of things. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Katie Hentinger. Not a great week for them, but growing pains, right? I mean, new team, right back running dad's equipment. Um, what did you think of what you saw out of the 71 camp this week? You know, I don't think it's a bad way to start. I know their expectations are high off, off of what they came off of with Anthony Campy. But, uh, you know, she led some laps. Um, she had some time, you know, she, she was running in the top 10. I think there was, she had a night or two, maybe she had issues. But she had a good race car. It, there were, but the, that that pro late model division, Zach, down there, um, there were some really good race cars, as you know, as we've just discussed. Hunter Wright, uh, Dawson Sutton. That's some good race cars to go up against every night. And um, I, th I think, it, you know, she, she got some top fives out of there. I think that's not bad. Uh, super late model side of things. What a back and forth week um, for, for super late models between Gio Ruggiero and uh, Gus Dean, who we just talked about with the, the win at Daytona. Um, the super late model week was pretty intriguing as well, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, 
Pollard picks up another win, right? Big, big deal. Yeah. Is that is is that a, is that a big warning shout out to? Golly. Um, after coming off a of speed fest, and then Pollard goes to New Smyrna and goes straight to Victory Lane. Um, is are we looking at a dominating Bubba Pollard season maybe on the way in 2024? You kind of got to wonder, don't you? I mean, the way that he ran that race with the with the Stars National Tour. Um, I like you said. Is anybody surprised? I don't know. I mean, down south, no, probably not. Uh, we'll see what happens when he getting back up. Uh, you know, in our neck of the woods on some of those those racetracks that he's not so familiar with. I think that's the great equalizer. Um, you know, what is he like a thirty-seven time Southern Super Series winner and yeah. like five-time champion? I mean, he knows what he's doing down there in Florida. Uh, so not a big surprise. But back to the World Series. Uh, left Brent Cruz off the list. He was your champion by four points over Gio Ruggiero and uh, Connor Jones, 42 points back. So it was the teammates that were going at it for the championship. Brent Cruz gets it done in that 24 car. He was a multi-time winner throughout the course of uh, the World Series as well. So kind of a new name, if you will, air quotes new, to keep an eye on here in Super Late Model Racing with Donnie Wilson Motorsports. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to be running a car all summer long for Donnie Wilson uh, because he seems to – have some other guys. He, he, he's going to be more committed uh, to some other guys throughout the summer when he gets to the ASA Stars National Tour events and some of the larger, you know, may, and some of the larger events. So, but uh, Gio Ruggiero kind of picking up right where he left off in 2023, huh, Zach? Yeah, no surprise, I don't think either. So keep an eye on him. Let's move uh, across the state a little bit and over to East Bay Raceway Park. Actually, I don't know the geography of uh, Florida. I don't know if we're moving north. Or if we're moving like east, where are we moving, Rich? You just so got from, back from, from New Smyrna. You would be going west to get to East Bay. All right. a couple of hours. Yeah, over by Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, East Bay Raceway Park. We obviously kept an eye on what was happening over there. High limit sprint car series. They were supposed to race two nights. However, Mother Nature washed away the opening night, so it became a double header uh, on Tuesday. And what a double header it was! Kyle Larson picked up the opening night win if you will he uh picked up the monday night win for the high limit sprint car series and uh i don't know what you think about that the boss goes to victory lane right out of the gate uh but regardless he he does get the win and then tyler courtney what a what a week uh for sunshine down there won the usac races at bubba swept those came to a high limit race at east bay got the win there from the outside pole tyler courtney was on fire what'd you think high limit debuts in 2024 after uh assuming the all-star program which used to be what ran there what's your opinion two races in um i know i should have not got so cute with my dirt draft is what i should have <laughs> done because i i tried to get cute because you get you know upset winners and and guys that finish up front down there all the time yeah and Kyle I, Larson I, and Tyler I, Courtney not exactly uh upset winners oh, I, I stayed away from all uh, Baston and Courtney and Selzy, I stay away from all of them guys, and it, and it bit me. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so far so good. Twitter lit up with some uh, some thoughts about some things they were doing, but I think it's going to be fine with High Limit Racing as they get rolling and uh, get into things. 360, King of the 360s, they got moved up a night because of Saturday's uh, expected weather forecast. Um, they started racing on Wednesday with the uh, Walt Breeding Memorial. It was supposed to be a practice day, but not so fast. It became a race day. Aaron Reitzel came from eighth to pick up the win over the Steel City Outlaw, Tim Schaefer, and uh, that was your top two. 
How did our guys fare on night one? Well, Danny Sams brought it home in 10th. And then you have to scroll for a little bit. 19th, Max Stamball, Phil Gressman, 20th. And those were your representatives on night one. Um, Rich, it, it kind of made us a little bit nervous when we got started there on Wednesday night with how many guys we had down there. And those, you know, three great race car drivers were the only ones that made it in the show. 62 cars on the property all week. Yeah, but you knew you knew that you knew that Phil Gressman and Ryan Rule were going to figure out a way around that racetrack, right? Um, you had to know that they weren't going down there and, and just running heat races. And um, you know they got they did get better. Did they get the finishes they want? Probably not. You know, Danny had a good run. Max had Max had a good car at times, uh, and Phil had a good car at, at, at some times. But I think probably if you were going to talk to anybody, probably the, probably the most disappointed would probably Ryan Rule, I would guess. Yeah, probably. And uh, Chase Ridenauer, uh Mike Keegan, you know, there's a couple of guys who, who didn't have the weekends they were looking for. Keith Shefford, Jason Blonde down there as well. Night two, Austin McCarl comes from sixth to pick up the win uh, over Danny Martin Jr. And then take a little ride down the list once again. Max Stambaugh, 16th. Danny Sam, 17th. Phil Gressman, 18th. Uh, for your three drivers from the region, all clustered into one another there on night number two. Yeah, you know, they they, they all did what I did notice, Zach, and, and you probably did too. As they went on, they all did start getting better, right? Um, and this is a track that they only see once a year. And so... Now how deep is your notebook really for this place? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to... And it changes, right? I mean, it, it, it can change with the weather. You hear all the stories. It depends on who you believe. But, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, but, I mean, Danny Sams III's been, I mean, you know he's got internal knowledge of that place. Right. Max has been going on there quite a bit lately uh, to get some knowledge. Um, you know, the other guy's kind of hit and miss, so you never know. Maybe that's why it took him a little long to, to try to get a little bit better. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see. We want to, I want, you know, we're going to talk to Danny Sams III here in a minute. And I, I want to talk to him about that racetrack because it looked like to me that, uh, you know, they, they had their hands full every single night. Final night, Friday night, big uh, big money on the line. Ryan Timms, how about this kid? Uh, make your opinion of him as you will. I've got mine. Um, you can make your own. The Oklahoma City, Oklahoma driver came from 14th, Rich. Uh, second biggest mover of the race to get the win. Over Tim Schaefer and Austin McCarl. Danny Sams finishes fourth. Aaron Reitzel in fifth. Uh, and then you go through the field. Max Stambaugh finishes 11th after starting 12th. And uh, Phil Gressman 18th on the field after starting 13th. Those were your three qualifiers once again for the big dance. Ryan Timms, man. Um, I thought he made some aggressive moves. I thought there were some times where he put that 5T in jeopardy at other people's expense. But say what you will, the kid moved up the field 13 spots and picked up the win at East Bay. Um, it was a pretty impressive run. But, like you said, obviously something about his driving style turns you off a little bit. You well, don't, are, are, do you, do you, was it because you had some, some friends in the hunt, or did you not like his driving style? Was it way too aggressive for your life? I, well, so... I'm going to take you behind the curtain a little bit. We're going to find out because we already talked to Danny Sams. The order of the show is just a little different. Apparently, that's how you have to drive that racetrack. But sitting at home watching it, it looked like he almost took a lot of nose wings home with him in the trailer. Is that Am I wrong? No, no. It, 
It, it is, but I mean, you can't play around down there. You know, right. um, you sit down there and you start cruising and, and waiting for things to sort out. Um, you're probably done. And let's you remember know? too, final Winter Nationals, final ever King of the Three Sixties. Um, Ryan Timms is the last guy at this point to win a King of the Three Sixties race at East Bay Raceway Park. His name's in history. Yeah, and and he's. I, I, I watch him all the time throughout the summers. He, he's a good race car driver. He can wheel a race car. Um, it's just, if you're coming from 14th, you don't have time to play around. Yeah, you're not uh, there to make you, friends, right? N- no. you ha- you want to If you're starting 14th and you want to win the race, you better be starting from the pace lap, right? Right. To, to, to be ready to go. During the four wide. During the four wide right. salute. Yeah, you better be ready. Right. You're letting guys know because, you're about to go down. Because, yeah, because you don't have time for those leaders to get away or let, you know, you get behind some of those cars, the wings start doing funny things with the air. You got to go and get through and get up to the front as soon as possible. Oh, good job by everybody. Danny Sams, Max Stamball, Phil Gressman for making the show. Uh, we have results for from the week on HorsepowerHappenings.com for both the World Series and the King of the 360s if you want to look into that and uh, see how everybody did. Well, it's time now to uh, get into... Our first interview of the night, and Rich, uh, one of the guys who had a really good weekend down at the King of the 360s and really had a good couple, three weeks racing sprint cars down in Florida, makes his home in Northport, Florida, and you say, now wait a minute, I thought this was a Midwest racing show. Well, it is, because you get to see him a lot throughout the summer with the Great Lakes Super Sprints and various other racing up here near Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. From Northport, Florida, uh, Danny Sams, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Happy to be here. Man, what a... uh, what a three, four, about a month stretch for you. And really, if you want to dive into it, it goes back to racing with USCS and then World of Outlaws at Volusia. Obviously, high limit at East Bay, King of the 360s at East Bay, kind of wraps up that three to four week stretch. Um, and for you, a rare opportunity to race close to home. Um, before we get into the nuts and bolts of everything, just kind of recap this last month or so of racing with Randerson Racing down close to home. Um, yeah, super blessed to be able to do it. Uh, we talked about it last year. Rocky said, let's not miss Florida. And <laughs> I was all game on for that. Yeah, you know, obviously. I've been able to race down here in four years or three years or something. So it was really cool to be able to race in front of my family and friends. And a lot of people came out to support me. And it's, it's been a great, great run. We've had a really good showing and everything we've done. A lot of the things that you race, a lot of your support, Randerson Racing, uh, RV Locks and more, Global Link, uh, Schaefer's just to name, you know, three off the top, are from up here. And obviously, you know, your car owner with Randerson Racing is from up here. So you really don't get an opportunity unless, you know, you you find another chance to race down in Florida. Um, How important was it to you, I mean, when when he said, we're not going to miss Florida, was that a big deal for you? Was it something that you asked him, hey, can we make sure that we do this? I mean, h- how important is it to you to get to race these three to four weeks? Uh, me, it meant the world to me, really. Um, yeah, we talked about it last year, and he's like, well, I don't want to miss it. And I was like, you don't want to miss it. I definitely don't want to miss it. This be, you know, it's another great opportunity because I think we're, we've raced 13 or 14 times already. And we're, you know, we're not even into the real season. And uh, I feel like we're a step a step ahead a little bit. Uh, you know, we've been able to race a lot. And, uh, yeah, Rocky was game on for it, and uh, all of our partners are, are willing to do it. You know, all the lo- eyes are down there on there, and with these great streaming platforms, you know, everyone's able to watch and feel like they're still 
almost there. You know, it's not the same as being there, but got to run against a ton of great cars and we learned a ton and just so blessed to have Rocky to be able to do that and uh, put in after a better opportunity. Danny, you know, even up here, you've run on a weekend where you run the 410 or 360s. How difficult is it down there? Um, you know, you're going from Volusia over to East Bay, uh, 410s, and then jumping in 360s, changing racetracks, changing cars. How difficult is that to get a flow for you, um, you know, when you're kind of bouncing back and forth? Yeah, well, we have switched gears because now our trailer is the shop. So, you know, all of the stuff that we need is in the trailer. And if we need something else, we're getting it at the track or anything like that. We don't have a home base, you know, to work on the cars. You know, it felt like we were really on the road, but we weren't. And, you know, we got to, we got to have that experience to utilize what we had and and uh, do what we can. Uh, Volusia's three hours away, so uh, we ran out of rooms, or there was no rooms around one night, so we were staying in these cabins that we found. And when we were racing at East Bay, we were – driving back and forth every night because it was only an hour so we're able to i was able to see my own bed those nights and we're able to really i feel like we utilized everything really well and we were able to perform pretty well for what what we were given how about the driver switching back and forth going to different racetracks i mean it the car's not obviously the cars are a little bit different the 410s the 360s and i mean and and you're going on a couple of different racetracks uh how long does it take you to adjust well, it took a it took a little bit of time at Volusia to get comfortable with the speed and uh, how fast these cars are. We're really good in the 360s, and uh, the 410s. Well, the competition level steps up tremendously, and I had to learn how to let set down a pretty decent lap and race around these guys with high speed, high wind, and uh, how to drive a car that's going at the maximum pace a sprint car can go. And uh, by the end of it, you know, we were doing pretty good. Uh, my dad was able to tell me a lot on how to how to drive he could see it see all i was doing and uh we, we were set up pretty good the whole time as long as i made my adjustments we were as a driver if i made my adjustments we seemed to be okay you know it wasn't that long ago that you got your first 410 sprint car win um and what a big deal that was and how exciting that was and you run double duty all the time up here i mean it's it's nothing to see you unload two cars or you know pull an engine out and put another one in to, to do what you guys are doing but I want to go back to what Rich asked, and that's when you're down there. Yeah, you may be from Northport, Florida, but that race team is not. Um, how much more difficult or different is the nut and bolt check, the wash day? I mean, really, how much is it harder to do all of that out of the trailer? And are there more nerves associated with that when you can't get that thing inside of a, a you know a well lit shop and you know get it up on? on stands and look under it the way you'd like to rather than crawling around in a you know a airbnb parking lot how much different is that it's definitely different because you know we disassemble the car on a normal normal night completely take it apart put it on stands you know go through everything we take all the tires off all the panels you know we go through the motor and everything like that now we're in a parking lot we try to do the same thing but you know you're almost rushed we raced 10 or nine races in 10 days wow you know there's not there's not much time to you know we're, we're disassembling the car every time but these how, cars how many, need to be how, well gone through how many people are involved in this danny uh me my mom and dad <laughs> wow so you got three people um you know going through this thing in i mean 12 hours 14 hours 18 hours i mean that's probably courteous 
uh, depending on, you know, when you got to be checked in and ready to rock the next day. Any nerves associated with that when you go, okay, did we get everything, right? Did we tighten all the torsion bars back down? Did we, you know, did we get everything figured out before we had to hit the track again? Well, the great thing is me and my parents, we work together so well. We all have our own jobs. They work so hard for me, and I'm so blessed to have parents that I do because they work so hard. But we all have our own jobs. We, we've tried our best to eliminate any of those issues to where, you know, no one's over overseeing someone else. We all, you know, have our own separate deals that we deal with. And as long as we do our job right, there'd be nothing to worry about. And the last thing... And as of now, like, well, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was going to change course, so go ahead. Um, we didn't have any mechanical failures, which is a huge blessing, and we're so lucky to be able to say that. And we worked really hard to be able to say that, but this whole winter... We had no mechanical failures on either car. This isn't what I was going to ask, but you you brought it up. Uh, you did show a little smoke there in that last night of the King of the 360s. I know sometimes that happens uh, with these sprint cars. Anything to worry about? No, sir. Just a little bit of overfill on the oil. Okay. Uh, nothing to worry about. Good. The other, What I was going to ask, Rich, and then I'll turn it back over to you, is you, work, you run with the World of Outlaws and High Limit. You make the shows. Um I don't have the numbers right in front of me, Danny, but I feel like you made most of the shows uh, that were contested with World of Outlaws and High Limit. You are so competitive. Are those wins for you and your team, or are those, you know, 17th and 20th, 18th, whatever finishes, are those disappointing? Are you happy you made the show? I mean, talk about the team and the the morale and everything regarding making such a high-caliber show versus how you actually perform. Well, we came from the 360 um, races at Volusia, and I, I went quick time the final night. And all I did was hold my hands perfectly straight. And I was like, I think it's this like, is really it's, good. It's like qualifying at Daytona, right? Just be smooth and hold it yeah. to the wood. <laughs> but it, it looks easy on camera, but we were going so fast, and the slightest little twitch bobble, you're messed up. That's a couple tenths, a couple tenths. And that's what we are learning. I was good in the 360s. Well, I get out there in the 410, I tell my mom, you know, we do like a, a pre-race prayer. I said, you're nervous. I'm not nervous, meaning I'm really nervous. I'm going out for hot laps. And I get behind Brent Marks, and uh, he starts taking off, you know. We're, we're getting going. Everyone's just, it's hot laps. So we're just, we're not like full throttle yet, and everyone's getting going. I'm like, man, we're rolling around here pretty good. Then Marks just like disappears in front of me. I was like, oh, I'm not at full throttle. And I, I, I would guess I was only a half throttle. I put it down to the wood. It was like, it's not even like grabbing another gear. It's going supersonic. Just as fast. I've never been that fast in my life. And I was like, you're going in the corner. Now your timing's all off. And then you only had one lap to do that. And I come in, and we're in the infield for qualifying. My dad's like, you look good. How'd it feel? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I just went so fast. It felt like it a blur, so Dad. Fast. What do we do with that? <laughs> and uh, so I went out for qualifying. We, we qualified okay. And then the second night, uh, we did really good in qualifying, got taken out in the heat race, um, just circumstances like a Daytona wreck. Someone bobbles, you know, there's nowhere to go. And uh, we're, we ended up getting the car back together, drove from the back of the C into the B, which was cool and all, but I knew we were better than that. Then the final night, I qualified not good, and I knew I messed up. I bobbled one, two tenths, and that's all we were off. If I qualified two tenths better, I'm in the top four of a heat race. So we're not far off. I knew it was me, and I get up to sixth in the heat. So now I'm in the B, and I make the transfer. I'm running the bottom, 
and you're you're going as fast as you can, running the bottom. You can't miss your marks. And I had Austin McCarl behind me, and I'm chasing down Carson Macedo. And I knew like these are real cars, you know. Yeah. And then the checkered flag came out, and I transferred. That's like the happiness. Like we come in the pits, everyone's hollering, screaming. We're so happy, you know. Made my first outlaw show, and it's the last night of Lucia. Huge feeling, and we're going around there for the four wide. I just wanted to be like, "Hi, mom!" Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is such a. It, it was definitely a win. Were you able to it. soak it, it all in? So I mean, you talk about the four wide and making your first outlaw show. Were you able to take it in, or yeah. was it all business? Yeah, I was taking it in, but but when we got back to the two wide, it was all business, and I actually never got lapped past cars. And Brian Brown's a great guy, but I was able to pass him, and I just felt like. I was like, I just passed Brian Brown, you know, like a little bit of a kid in candy store. And we did really good. We were, it was a great way to end our Volusia run. And then we head over to East Bay the first night. I missed my marks on qualifying. That's everything. And did okay in the heat. Got up into the B, almost made the feature on the second night because we ran the second part of the first part of the night, second night. And then we go out to qualify for the four tens the second night. And I was like, I'm going to hit my marks. Timed in fourth quick in my group really good start on i think i start outside pull my heat race and i'm leading the thing and the red flag comes out and i look behind me brad sweet sitting right behind me i'm like oh no like how can i mess this up i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna and i just ended up running the wrong line got passed but transferred so we were really happy with that you know we're running with the best in the world there so you know so blessed to be able to even do it Danny, I gotta. I have to believe that running with USCS and over, over at Volusia, where you know, you quick time one night, uh, starting things out that way, that had to be a nice little setup for you to know that when you went over to the, uh, you know, the World of Outlaws and the High Limit, that uh, that you were going to be ready to go. Yeah, that definitely. Were had a ton more confidence. I knew I could go around there quick, and I knew what it felt like to make a car go quick. So I, if I could replicate that in the 410, which is harder to do because they're going so much faster, I could be quick. And I was able to start getting that feeling, even under race conditions. I was able to get the feeling of the car working perfectly, not not stepping out from me. And those those races in the 360 definitely helped increase our program for the 410s. Talk to me about King of the 360s. You get over to East Bay, and that track seemed – I was – uh, Zach and I were both keeping track of it. It's it seemed like that track changed every single night. When you guys run that much on it, does it get worse as you go? You know, some people say it get worse. Some people say it get better. Some people say the tide changes it. I'm from Florida. I've never seen the tide change it, but the track definitely was weird. I don't know <laughs> what it was about it. You felt like you were loose, but everyone was really tight. You know, it was it was a weird feeling. We did pretty good. We ran, I think, 10th the first night. And then uh, the second night, I went 10th to 5th in my heat race just from the pill draw. And I was still in the B main. I you know, got to tell points. you, I hate passing points. Can I put that on record? <laughs> I hate <laughs> passing point formats. I can't uh-huh. stand them. Back and I had a discussion. We text. We were texting during that. And I said, oh, five, past five cars. He should be good. Nope. I'm like, no. Oh, heck no. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. 10th to 5th, and I'm in, I, I was like, that's eight laps. No cautions, you know, no one pulled off. I was like, 10th to 5th. And by the way, nobody was me. moving in the heat races. <laughs> nobody was moving. So that was even more impressive. You know, it would have been a bigger deal, 6th to 2nd. Then right. you'd have been okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right? 
Yeah, I would have started pull the feature, and they would right. give me a lap ahead of everyone. It's, it's still five <laughs> spots, but depending where you start and where you finish, doesn't it, it matters? Yeah. It doesn't matter that you pass five cars; it's which five cars you passed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to do that. You start tenth, so I was in the B main. We did okay, and then I started seventeenth in the feature, and they jammed up on the start. Boom! Front wing's gone. Yep. So rode around there seventeenth, unfortunately, and I knew we were plenty fast. Just you know, yeah, it's hard to tell your dad, my dad, because he's my crew chief, what the car is doing because our front wing's knocked back. You know, it's too got, tight, but well, I don't have a front wing yeah, on it. Yeah, it's not turning know? at all. Well, there you go. Yeah, and then uh, so the final night, we're uh, so that set me tenth in points overall. So I started pulling the first, fourth heat race, won that. So the best I could start was tenth, and uh, we got going. The start was all dicey, and I started moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. And I was, uh, the red flag came out and I was in six. I was yep. like, well, if I can get one more car's top five, it'll be hard to chase the leaders because we're dealing with some really high end cars. And I got fifth and then here's fourth. I got fourth. And then the final caution came out, but then I knew Aaron Rice was behind me and running me really hard. You know, that's how the track was. You're running as hard as you could on the top and you had to throw a big slider. So I went in protective mode. Half slid myself into one and blocked into three. Was able to hold on to fourth, but I feel like we could have had something for him. Just a top four with that that caliber of cars is a huge accomplishment as is. You know, uh, you 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 look at East Bay. You're from Florida. The entire country lit up as they always do. Uh, we've been hearing for half a dozen years that East Bay is going away. This is now allegedly the last stand for Winter Nationals. Uh, you know, they'll come back in October. For a farewell to Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, um, kind of give us the more local take on East Bay um, going by the wayside. I mean, what is the conversation like there in Florida, and how much are you going to miss this racetrack? Well, I already got my jar of dirt. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I I grew up racing around there. I raced many sprints there for many years, and I did a couple sprint car races. Um, yeah, it was a huge part of my racing career and it's only an hour away from me it's my closest dirt track to me and uh it's going to be turned apparently into one of the big phosphate mines that are surrounding it you know if you look on google maps there's mountains surrounding it man-made phosphate mines and uh that's they, apparently it is it because they have memorials on the wall they have all their pictures put up thank you for the memories and They've got it established at 1977 and ending in 2024. You know, and we say allegedly, and you're kind of buying into it right now, too, by saying apparently it is ending. A lot of people didn't think it was ever going to happen. There was a lot of verbiage that was like, well, maybe this sale isn't going to happen, or maybe somebody else is going to buy it out from under this company. Is there still down there in Florida any hope that that might be the case? Uh, A lot of the locals are very hopeful, and they they keep speculating that, oh, they'll the guy's name's Al. He's a great guy. He works really hard for the track. That he'll say one more year and figure out how to lease it out or something. They're they're hoping it's called Mosaic, the place that's buying it, hoping that they'll just lease it out and not turn it into a mine. There's a couple of people really hopeful. Uh, I'm not sure. I've heard it for four years or five years, but the way that they have the track set up, how they're running the facility, you can tell that it looks like they're ready for an exit. Anyway, I thought what I thought was also cool. You had a pretty quick start. But the rest of your boys down there that came down from Michigan, um, Sam or Max seemed Max seemed to get it get a quick start right out. He seemed all right, but 
boy, by by the end of the week, you guys were all running pretty good. Yeah, that track is a one of a kind. You can take your setup book that you make there and throw it out the window for the rest of the year. <laughs> you can run some wild stuff there, or you can run normal stuff, and they'll run first and second. You'll have guys out there with 16 inches of staggered, and you'll have a guy out there with 9 inches of staggered, and they're running first and second. It doesn't make sense. It depends on what the driver likes. The track, you never feel like you're hooked up, never feels like you're going to do a wheelie. But if you tighten the car too much, the car's too tight, but you feel loose. It's, it's such a weird dirt. And like you said, people say the tie changes it. I don't buy into that as much. Um, yeah, it is such a weird setup. And your book can be thrown out in two days. The track could be 180 degrees different than the day it was before. And they prepped it the same. So something something weird does happen there, but I I love it. It's so unique. You know, it races pretty good, especially in the features. It races really good. It's a super exciting show to watch. The final night, that was a great farewell to the King of 360s. Um, big sliders, running the top, or wide open, driving them as hard as he could. It, it, when I pulled in, I was like, that's how I wanted to remember it. Is there any? It was, it was a great race. Is there anything up here? comparable to that place or is it just a completely unique animal no it's completely unique it has a cushion but you don't hit it's a weird track you can't run into the cushion or you'll hit the wall and if the slick is weird you can drive in really hard on the slick and and it'll leave you know it'll still exit the corner it no it's, it's just not comparable to size it would be comparable to maybe crystal Nothing else is comparable. All right. Well, you mentioned it, Crystal, and that's a uh, part of the 2024 Great Lakes Super Sprint Series schedule. Um, this year, we've documented it multiple times, north and south combined for one great big schedule. Now, points will be kept separate, um, just like they were in years past with an overall tour, um, north and south, but the NRA name is gone. 30-some dates on this schedule, Danny. You uh, obviously have had a chance to look at it. There's a lot happening with High Limit and the All-Star name going away. You look at Fast, what they're doing in Ohio. Uh, what are you and Randerson Racing talking about for 2024? Uh, are you going to run kind of an outlaw schedule and go wherever you want, or do you have championship hopes somewhere? Uh, we're definitely still looking at it. We are. Our whole goal was to get through Florida, see where we're at. We're trying to see where we are like, competition-wise, how, how good of a team we are, and what, what would suit us best, what would suit me best to make me a better driver. What would Rocky like to see the car at? Where would our partners like to see the car at? So we've made it through Florida. We're planning on sitting down this weekend. We're going to really come up with, hopefully going to nail down exactly what we're doing. But we made it through Florida, so now we're going to focus on what we're going to do this year. Is the uh, is the driver allowed to say what he would like to do? Or, I mean, really, you know, you have a say in this. And obviously, like you said, your partners and uh, Rocky and everybody. But, I mean, for you, is it just, I don't care what we do, let's just go race. Uh, I, I just want to race, and I love to race on the biggest stage possible. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I feel like, you know, you run with really good guys. I can pick up a lot on that. Um, we're going to, you know, try to fit in all, a lot of the big races this year, you know, some of the big ones that come to town. And only thing that can help us is it's just going to help us. And uh, But we plan on running quite a bit of 410 stuff, and we're going to mix in all the 360 stuff as well. We're gonna, if there's any double duty op options, we're going to try to do those as much racing as possible is going to be our schedule right now. I love it. I love it. And I'm sure once you guys have something nailed down, uh, you'll get something put out on that on the, the D3 racing and 
Facebook, your personal Twitter as well. I'm sure we'll see something there. We talked about it a little bit at the top uh, with the, the stickers on the side of that thing. A great showing down during Speed Weeks. Capped it off with a fourth-place finish of the King of the 360s. You mentioned Mom and Dad. You mentioned Rocky. Who is it that makes it possible for to do it for you to do what you do behind that 24D? Yeah, Rocky and everyone at Randerson Racing. Uh, can't thank them enough. Uh, we have RV Locks and more Global Link CPGs. That's a they, they do everything for us to, to make the car go up and down the road. Schaefer's Oil, you know, keeps our engines running really good. Uh, we're all always looking for more sponsors, more opportunities, but puts more stickers on the car. But uh, without Rocky, none of this would be possible. My mom and dad, they're my crew. That's my operation. And I'm so blessed to have the people in my life to do what I do, and we're going to keep on trying to climb the ladder. Danny, we're looking forward to getting you back up here uh, north of the Mason-Dixon, way north of it, uh, back up here Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and seeing you run that 24D again this year. Congratulations on a great Speed Weeks, man. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Rich, the sandwich, uh, the meat in the sandwich this week is a great program that we've had for a long time. Um, Gary's going to tell us exactly how long coming up here in just a moment. But, Rich, it is time for another edition of Gary Did You Know. Would you please welcome our Hall of Famer? And, uh, Rich, I love this new thing that we do here. You're going to re-quiz Gary on last month's quiz as part of our answer reveal. I love this. Yeah, so what we decided, what we thought, instead of having Gary you know, give us questions. And then a week later, you know, we come on and we start giving the answers. Right. We'll just, we'll just give everybody, th- we'll just give everybody 30 days and then Gary can come on and give his answers. Yeah, uh, you're giving it, you're giving everybody a lot of time. Yeah. And then, and you will quiz you on your questions and then you can give us the new ones all on the same night. I think that works out great. The only thing I'm nervous about is what if Gary gets one of his answers wrong? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, ha- that hasn't happened yet since we started doing this, so I'm thinking no, he's got hasn't. these down. Oh man, answers are something. I got them. Uh, I got them pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Uh, well, first of all, Gary, welcome. Uh, glad to have you here, man. And uh, always good to be here. Looking forward to it. Before we get to our next quiz, Rich, let's go over the answers from last month. All right, Gary. This is from the January quiz. Question number one: This driver won. The big year-end modified race at Syracuse on the dirt mile, then won the Snowball Derby two months later on pavement. Name him. And that would be Gary Ballou, and that is an unbelievable achievement. Wow. I mean, to be able to win Syracuse, that race was 200 laps. And then, you know, the 300 laps at the, at the Derby, that's, that's amazing. I mean, both are so hard to win, and that guy did both of them within two months. I'd like to see people, more people try that. That sort of thing. Uh, that's that's yeah. such a feat. Well, that's because uh, well, we're going to be looking at Kyle Larson doing Indy and the 600, the World 600. Yeah, good point. All right, let's go okay. to question number two, Gary. Who drove the yeah. Four of Clubs number sprint car? That would be Billy Corbin Jr. And see, my thing is I always loved, you know, that's when the history of the cars even had, you know, the cars had nicknames, you know, back in the day, you know. So I always thought that was cool. All right, question number three. Um, this one I hope you remember because I wrote it down the way you said it. In a recent conversation on the show, how many years has Lindahl done the quiz? 47 years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Are you kidding me? No, 47 years. Anthony, AJ, uh, AJ Bunch was close. He had you at 50. Had you at an even 50. <laughs> oh really? Yep, yep. He was uh, giving you a little yeah. more credit. 
Well, there you go. But uh, that's kind of what we're shooting for, aren't we? Fifty. Yeah, I'd, I'd be all right. Oh, there there you go. Go. that'd be a we're, that's a nice round number to quit on, isn't it? We're well on our way here, geez. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Question number four, Gary. The final one. What was known as the dollar sign? That was a outlaw late model out of the Flint area. Most of the time it was green, and I think it was sponsored by a dealership. And it had a lot of drivers from that area, John Doring Jr., Dennis Berry, uh, Jeff Finley were just three of the many drivers that drove that automobile. And it was fast, and it was a winner, and it was an iconic car back in the day. All right. And is that a, was the dollar sign the number? Yeah. Really? There was wow. no other number on it? It was just a dollar sign on the door? Well, what it was was, I think it was 11 is what they scored it as. Oh. And then the oh. S was through the 11. Through the S, yeah. Uh, yep. Corey Bevard runs the eight cent car, so some people still playing with that money theme. So I like that. Oh yeah, That's good. Nah, there's another one. I don't know if we did that uh, quiz or not, but there was another late model guy way back when that had uh, a number like that. Mm, let me see. Maybe oh, we need to do that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think of and you remember this, Gary, because you announced there. Uh, you remember Glenn Heath's number? What he always ran, don't you? Not Glenn. Uh, uh, not Glenn Heath. Uh, well, Heath was the last name, regardless. His was scored as 11 as well, but it was his name, Heath. His, Heath, yes. He would run the 11 with a dash in the middle of it and then spell off the rest of his name. Anyhow, uh, Gary yeah, Ford. That was Charlie Heath that I Charlie, remember. Charlie, yes, thank for. you, thank you. Glenn was the Charlie street stock driver Heath, that I ran yeah. against. Charlie, yep. Uh, quiz 33, Gary went four for four. Nobody else did, so no swag being handed out this week. Thank um, you, Gary. Good job, Gary. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah. Now, quiz, Gary, can you believe it? 34. 34. 34 Isn't that weeks. amazing? I love it. Uh, now I hand the microphone over to you to ask Rich and I some questions. Go ahead. Okay. Question number one. Super modified driver Norm Rust was from this famous Michigan racing town. I'll, I'll divert to you, Rich. Um, <laughs> the smile on your face tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I know it. He gets because, a quiz and the answers. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know it very well, but um, I don't know that anyone else would know this. Oh, well, I don't know, but, I mean, you, you stop and think about it, Rich. It's a famous racing town, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah it is it is. But I it think is. there's but there are other. You know, we have we have several famous racing towns in our state that it seems like a lot of drivers come from. Here, here, exactly. Here, Rich but Norm Rust was the guy that came from that town. I'm gonna give you one for our faithful horsepower happenings listeners. Okay, I'm gonna give you one. All right, faithful horsepower happenings listeners. This will help them. We did a show, a special one-off show from this town. Remember that? Ooh. Remember that? Oh, man, you just gave it away. For, well, yeah, maybe. No We've done some special one-off shows from other places, so we'll see. Oh, that's true. That's true. We'll see. Okay, so they got to figure out which one yeah, it they is. got to figure out which one. All right, Gary, what's number two? Okay, uh, question number two. What was Chuck Bartello's favorite number? Going back to my super modified days, and I have to do that. You guys understand. Oh, super modifieds were great. Yeah, of course. Oh, because I'm not eligible to win. I'm not eligible to win, so it doesn't matter. I would have never got this one. I wouldn't have had it. I was out to lunch. I would have have came within like 50 numbers. That's probably about it. (laughs) Well, okay, we'll go to number three. What kind of cars raced under the AMRA banner? I knew this one. Believe it or not. Did you really? All right. 
I did yes. not, and we probably can't break down AMRA because it'll give it away. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. You can't do that. You absolutely can't do it. But I'm sure somebody will figure it out. Yeah. Because, of, because of some of the research I had to do for the yes. work we did at the Michigan Auto Racing yes. Fan Club Banquet. You're right. That's when I found out. That's when I knew what it was. Ah, so, so, uh, if you so I attention. found this out the third week of January. I knew what this was. If you paid here, attention right to the fan decided. club banquet, you might, you might know this answer. Good stuff. Yeah, you might. You're right. If you, you're right. Absolutely. And uh, our final question, question number four. What was Lou J's favorite number? Boy, yeah. Did Louis have a last name? Really wheel a car. No. No. Louis J. His last name was J. Was Jay? Really? Well, why you want his last name? I was just curious. I, I mean, I'm sure like that's like a nickname, right? Louis J. That's what yeah, everybody. Well, knows. yeah, it was, and that's what he went by. But I mean, oh, if you really must know, it was Steeman. Okay. Oh. His last name was Steeman. That doesn't help me. So but they I didn't wanted, begin with a J. I just wanted to be involved. <laughs> no. All right. All right I would, it might have been his. I wouldn't have might have been his middle either. name. Hello, it might have been his middle name. There you go. Okay, and this uh, this was from the modified days as well, Gary. Oh yeah, way back when. Okay, that's why. Hey, Rich. Yep, there you go. I'm zero for four. In case you were wondering, um, I should have got three, but I, I would. I, I'll be honest. I'm gonna. I know that. I know the town from one, but I don't know that I would have guessed it if I just from the question. But I would have been. I would have been one for four today on my own. You'd got uh, number take three. That. Yep. I'll mm-hmm. take that. If I get one out of four out of Gary's questions, I'm feeling happy. I'm all right with that. You know, and if you and if you'd be playing for the Tigers, hitting one out of four, I'm telling you what, you'd be making millions. Wow! Yep. How about it's that too? Batting average. How about <laughs> that too? Right? Spring training is underway or coming up here very soon. So, wow! Yeah, a little segue there. Anyway, yeah. next time we talk, Gary, spring well, training will be underway for us. It'll be March, and uh, we'll be staring down yes, the face of some racing here in in our area. That's pretty exciting. Yes, it is. That'll be cool. Looking forward to it. All right, Gary, as Looking always. Looking forward to getting back behind the microphone with Rich. That's right. As always, Gary, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Gary, did you know, uh, look for it on our uh, social media channels. Take your crack at it. See if you can get Gary's questions right. Thank you, sir. All right. See you guys. Bye. See ya. Well, Zach, on the phone lines now, we have another gentleman who made his way down to Florida for Speed Weeks. Uh Actually got himself a gator while he was down there. That's pretty cool. Uh, found himself in victory lane a couple of times. Makes his home in Claypool, Indiana. Zeke McKenzie, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me on tonight. Really appreciate you guys. Man, how did you uh, talk to me about, uh, I guess, the, obviously the highlight was picking up that gator and bringing it home. But uh, how, do, how, did, how did the rest of your weeks go down there? No, it started off good. Uh you know, we spent a couple of days at North Florida Speedway. Uh, unfortunately, the first night rained out, and uh, which made for some really good racing. Uh, the second night, you know, the track was really good, and uh, a lot of stiff competition there as well. Uh, we ended up running the rest of the half of the night because it ended up raining there too. Which rains weird in Florida, so. You know, you get a couple sprinkles and a downpour for 15, 20 minutes, and then the sun's back out, you know. But uh, the day show, you know, track got a little dusty, a little rubbered up, but we still managed the sixth and figured that was good enough to head to East Bay. So, um, you yeah. know, being up there in the northern part of Florida is a little chilly sometimes, too. So, 
you had a good car most nights. Uh, your finishes didn't always show it. But just talk to me about the night you got the Gator, man. You guys had to have been elated. Yeah, you know, uh, rough time at East Bay. Uh, lost an engine, lost a transmission. Uh, really cool story there. You know, we scavenged around for a transmission. And, uh, you know, Todd Neheiser, he's from Panama City, he flagged me down. He says, man, you're not in your driving seat. What's up? And I said, oh, we lost the transmission, you know. Find one, we'll just go home. I didn't bring one. He's like, I have one. And I'm like, oh, you do? And he's like, just take this transmission, do whatever you need to do to it. Um, so we ended up doing that, and that helped. And, you know, we had some front-end trouble and some stuff at East Bay, but we sort of talked on the way to Volusia after East Bay. If it started out like that, then we was going <laughs> to pack her up and head home. But it was just, it's crazy, the guys that will help you and down there in florida but you know just a normal day uh the night the night we won the gator you know was, we knew we had a good car and just our finishes didn't show it and uh really wish you know like my grandpa could have been down there and some other people but i mean you work so hard and there's such good competition down there that i mean Volusia had 120 cars at one point in time wow so just to finish up front in them is huge, but let alone win one is definitely a highlight of somebody's career, you know? Well, you talk about East Bay, eighth the opening night, and, and they kind of went with that format where they build up to uh, the the elimination. You know, you get everybody gets to run a feature in the beginning. Um, you talk about the transmission Tuesday as, a, as it did not start, 21st on Wednesday, uh, did not start at the B main on the 1st on Thursday, then a ninth for Friday, uh, make the big dance on Saturday. Things don't go your way. How do you, you mentioned that you guys said if Volusia starts off as bad as East Bay, we're just going to load up and go home. I want to know how you keep your head in the game to even go to Volusia. You guys have such a high standard for that race team. Um, is is that what made you go is to say we're better than this? You know, we got we to gotta leave Florida with a little bit better showing than what we just did. Well, you know, it, it, we had a fast car every night at East Bay. It's just dumb luck stuff, you know. Like, uh, we set ourselves up Saturday night in the 5,000 win at East Bay. Really good shape. Uh, went with a little different tire compounds and most guys. And just sort of rode there around mid-pack, you know, thinking halfway we'll be okay. And then, you know, it turns out, you know, we filled the car and everything after the fuel break. And we ran about five laps and had electrical issues. Jeez. <laughs> It's, it's just dumb luck stuff, and it's not like it was a brand-new car that we took because we took the same car that we ran the Mars Series and the Summer Nationals with, and, which was a really good car. But, you know, when it's just the two, it's just me and Ricky that go on most of these trips, and when it's the two of you, it, it does. It gets you in that slump, and it just takes a lot to dig out of it. And we're pretty positive mindset. People, it's just uh, when you have days and days of bad luck, it definitely wears on you. You get to Volusia. Um, and instantly things are looking up, right? You get your own, you get to your own feature seventh respectable. Obviously it's, you mentioned, uh, you know, over a hundred cars on the grounds Tuesday runner up Wednesday, another top five Thursday, sixth, uh, racing inside of your points cluster Friday, obviously the big day. And then Saturday doesn't matter because you had Friday, uh, to go along with it. Did you know that you, I mean, obviously you run runner-up on Tuesday 
is that the moment that you say we can win one of these features this week? We deserve to be on the front straightaway holding a holding a trophy. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, the night we ran second there to Kenny Schrader, we we sort of put on a used tire, and we knew the track rubbered up by watching some of the other ones. And you know, if you hit the rubber strips, you definitely wear the right rear. And I just wasn't sure how much tread was left on that thing, so. I was really afraid to drive it even harder and, you know, you don't get a good finish that way if you, if you lose the tire. So after running second in and seeing how much tread was left, we definitely knew we probably should have ran harder and we probably could have got there. But uh, If you had to lose to anybody, it's probably okay to lose to Kenny Schrader, though. Uh, any day of the week, right? <laughs> I mean, the guy's probably our track races are in. <laughs> mm-hmm. The night we ran straight and after we did, we chose to go to a softer tire, especially running after the sprint cars was probably not a great idea, but we figured it was only 15 laps. But we jumped from eighth to third there pretty quick, and then this slowly got worse as the as the race went on. So we definitely knew we had a good piece, even on a soft tire. Zeke, we were, we were just talking to, to Danny Sams uh, running his sprint car down there. And, and he said that they got thrown for a loop because the track would change so much uh, from day to day with all the racing on it. Did you guys uh, have, have those situations happen for you as well? Oh, for sure. Especially with the format we was running. You know, when you qualify and you're in one of them six features, you really have to watch what the sprint cars are doing. So if you're earlier in the night, obviously the track's going to be way different than after the sprint car feature. So if you was in that, three four feature you know you could run a little tighter car but not much but if using that five and six you better be making some changes for sure and hmm. i mean do you know that from years past are you able to keep up with that on your notebook or i mean how uh, how hard yeah. is it to keep up with uh not horribly hard uh it's more so justin allgaier's dad told me this years ago if you're running with wing sprint cars and you're running after the wing sprint car feature, you always run a 60 because the wing sprint cars will crush that first two inches of the track and it'll be super abrasive. And we, you know, we've applied that through the years, even at Hartford when, when the sprints are up there and some other tracks. But now when you're running with the late models over in Illinois, that's a little different. But we travel around so much, we have such a good notebook, we could really look a lot of that stuff up. You know, you've been going to uh, the Dirt Car Nationals. This stat comes, compliments of the Third Turn website, thethirdturn.com. You know, they've got stats on you going back to 2017. You've made 41 attempts at Dirt Car Nationals races, and you now have a win in that column. You now have a gator to bring home to the mantle. How big... I mean, I don't think anybody understands. Everybody comprehends how big the Dirt Car Nationals are. You know, when you've got guys like Bobby Pierce and Devin Moran and, you know, uh, Brad Sweet and uh, David Gravel doing everything they can to get a, a Volusia Gator, how important is it now to have a mark in that win column uh, for, for the Dirt Car Nationals? Oh, it's huge, and especially huge for our small chassis company. You know, like Nick Hoffman and Elite, David Streamy with the, with the lethal cars and – uh, even Brian Roman, Roman's won some. I mean, it, it, it just puts your name in that prestigious category, you know. Uh, I, I think Nick Hoffman probably has the most, but you know, I mean, just getting one with all the with all the talent down there is just 
it's, it's totally mind changing, you know, like you can really take what you've learned there and probably apply it to maybe two tracks in the country. Can, so can you try to explain to me what the emotions were like? I mean, you, you seem like a pretty straightforward level headed, you know, don't necessarily show your cards, but checkered flag falls, helmet comes off. You're in victory lane at Volusia. What, what were the emotions like? The fans got it pretty calm because we had to sit there and wait for that next feature. But right, I, it, you know, it, it's just it's it's a sigh of relief sometimes. You know, like we actually done it. You know, I we tried for like you said so many years, and you know, a lot of people don't understand what it means. But it, it it's just breathtaking at times. You know, like when I actually messed up a couple laps before that and thought I might have given it away. And I mean, I drove the car last three laps wide open just to make sure nobody was going <laughs> to get me. So, uh, I, it's just, you, you cross the finish line. It's like, man, did this, did this really happen? So, Power down it, the extra it, lap to make sure, come back way. around and take yeah. it again. <laughs> right. For sure. Mm, for sure. Zeke, you, you mentioned those other guys, you know, with, with, and, and, you know, some of them have, you know, a lot more popular race car businesses that, you know, you hear a lot more about them. How important is it to you for your business to go down there and be successful like that? Does it, can, can you reap the rewards pretty quickly? Uh, it's huge for us. You know, like we're, we're a smaller chassis builder. We're just, uh, you know, we've been around uh, four or five years now, but we haven't done a lot of cars. And I think, uh, being that smaller chassis builder, you get, you get a little more personal with with the customers, you know. But for us to do that and really put our name on the map, you know, might open some guys' eyes on what we're doing and how good our program is. And with with that, you know, you always have to have the right help too. So we definitely have the right group of people with us. Uh, we we have the right marketing partners, and uh, we have the right technology going in the right direction. When you guys come back, now that you come back, uh, how are you? Um... What's your guys' plans? Do you do you got to start working on race cars, rebuilding your stuff, um, or March is right around the corner now? You guys, uh, you know, got other plans on your schedule? Hopefully, some lethal chassis orders came in after that. That's what I'm hoping for. He's got to build some cars. Yeah. So, so uh, we we talked a lot of people about the Vanquish cars. Uh, I'm sorry, sure you you let me do that, Vanquish. Oh my yeah, goodness. Slap. I know what was I thinking <laughs> uh, I'm looking right at it too I was so, yeah my bad I'm sorry so, about that that's that's the part of being a little guy you know <sighs> uh, but no uh, we, we got back uh, Monday afternoon uh, late afternoon got some sleep had some customers drop off a car on uh, Wednesday uh, got a pretty good start on it here and getting him updated and ready to go for the, the springtime here and Oh, we had another guy drop one off the other day, and we got some more coming here this week. So definitely get back to work here and take care of our customers. Uh, seems like we always take care of our customers before we do our stuff. So the customers are important to us. So you know, we want to make sure we get them taken. And we've talked to some other, you know, I would say smaller time chassis builders. Um, how much, I guess, uh, how much weight do you put on your shoulders? more than just Zeke McKenzie wants to win. Um, but now you're talking about dollars and cents. You're literally racing to put bread on the table. How much do you pressure yourself to perform 
for Vanquish uh, to make sure that you are representing, you know, yourself and your company in a way that's going to produce business? So as a business aspect, I look at it like this. So I want to treat people how I would want to be treated. So if I wouldn't pay that to get that done for myself, I wouldn't charge it to somebody else. Uh, our prices are really fair. I, I, growing up as a racer and being involved in racing my whole life, I, I, I know what it takes to do a car, but you know, on the other aspect, you know, you got to treat people right. So if you're not treating people right, you're not going to have any customers, you know? And we, we really try to pride the fact that we have really good tech support and people can call us anytime and, and, uh, you know, being there for your customers is key. Like we literally started working on our car maybe a week and a half before we left to go to Florida because we was building new cars for other people. Uh-huh. And Zeke, what I think, what I think is cool. We talked like, like Zach said, we talked to a lot of different guys that build chassis, especially on the smaller side and customer support is huge because, uh, you know, it's easy to buy from a big chassis builder. And all of a sudden when you call somebody, nobody answers the phone. Um, you guys got to be there on the first or second ring to help your customers out. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> Help, helping our customers, you know, like uh, last year, Ray Bollinger, he, he wrecked his car, and I, I have two house cars, and I thought, man, you know, I hate to see Ray set out. So I called Ray, and I was like, Ray, I have another car set in here. If you want to put your engine and stuff in it, just bring it over. We'll get you set up. We'll get everything put together. And just take it home and race it. And so we've done that with Ray, and that helped a lot. Ray, you know, he ran – the second half of the summer there, I think he got three or four wins in one of our house cars. You know, and then he, then this winter he bought a new car and he ran well in Florida. So I think we sort of turned his program around a little bit too. And, you know, that's what we're here for is to, to help people have success and, and success ourselves. You know, Zeke, uh, let's just clarify something. Winning a Gator in the Dirt Car Nationals is cool and it's something everybody wants to do. But it's not like you're winning life-changing money by doing that. You're winning a cool trophy. You're putting your name in the history books, and you know you're taking home what, like a thousand dollars or something like that. Um, right. But the competition, the racetrack, the the week and a half, two weeks straight of racing that car. How much of that going to Florida now helps set you up for what you're going to do throughout the summer up here in 2024? Oh, it's huge. You know start that you start your season off on the right foot so you know you just carry that momentum along so fairbury has that twenty thousand to win that we'll be racing that we got in and you know you're talking i think they're doing 150 cars same deal you're gonna have the best of the best and you know you can run with them guys you know so you know having the momentum and keep moving forward makes a makes it key because you're probably going to see those guys again uh, in a different capacity when you go to Fairbury. Different style of racetrack, I think, right? Short track, banging it off the boards, and, you know, the rest of it. But at least you know what you got when you unload next to those cars. Oh, for sure. You know, like, we, we don't feel like we're we're outdone by any means. You know, we, we know we have a good car, and I'm a pretty decent driver for the most part. <laughs> so, but, I mean, there, there's definitely room for improvement. There always is. So, you know... We often just keep her, like you said, you know, I seem humble, but we just keep our head down and keep working and, 
and we know we'll get there at some point, you know. And Zeke, not just the chassis like you're talking about, you know, about, uh, you know, feeling pretty good about yourself going into 2024. But uh, w when you, you know, when you leave Volusia, that's got to be pretty good for the driver going into 2024 as well. Oh, for sure. You know, I started racing probably 2004-ish. So we got quite a few years under our belt, and we've won a lot of races and a lot of stuff local. And, you know, here lately we've been running a lot of national-level stuff. And, you know, we've done really well, uh, in my opinion. So, I mean, you know, we know we unload anywhere. We're, we can be somewhere in the top five for the most part. So we, we strive for that. And if you can run the top five everywhere you go, you're definitely going to win some races. Zeke, uh, let's talk about it now. We, we we talk about how this sets you up for the season. What does the season look like? I know it's nothing to see you unload at Hartford, um, you know, Dirt Car Summer Nationals. You talk about uh, the, the big things at Fairbury. You already mentioned Mars um, and the great things that they're doing over in Illinois. You're loaded up there in Indiana in prime real estate to pretty much take that chassis and go anywhere you want to. So what are you looking at here early uh, as we talk about it in 2024? Uh, we definitely, we'll definitely run most of the TV stuff. So a lot of stuff on flow. So slow racing nights in America, we'll do some of them. And uh, obviously the Mars stuff, because, you know, the Mars stuff pays really well. So we'll do that stuff. And then definitely the summer national stuff. Uh, we we want to run some local stuff as well. So, you know, we'll, you'll see it in Hartford here and there. And, you know, Mount Pillar, Butler, we're definitely going to run some of the local stuff. So, but our, our goal is, you know, to, Let's keep up our stuff and run some of the more national known places and and hopefully get on TV a lot. Sounds like what Danny said. Whatever we can go to for big time exposure and uh, big name races, we want to be there competing. I love it. I love to hear that. Well, I think you sort of have to do that. You know, you have to get your name out there a little more and, you know, flow and dirt vision and, and even you guys doing the podcast stuff and, and, and the social media stuff, that, that just helps, you know. Well, Zeke, uh, I just got to say congratulations, man. It was so cool to root for you guys. We had a great core group of Midwesterners down there racing this year, and uh, it was really, you know, Kurt did a great job, and Brian, obviously, he got a win, um, and yourself as well. Um, just a, a really cool speed weeks for you guys, and looking forward to seeing what that means now for 2024 as it sets you up uh, to move forward. We wish you good luck, and uh, looking forward to seeing you at a racetrack soon. Hey, thank you very much. Well, Rich, it's uh, been pretty light on news around here lately as everybody's got their schedules out, and now we just sit back and wait. Um, obviously, Florida Speed Weeks is taken care of. There's still some racing going on. Uh, Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series and High Limit will go to Golden Isles. Um, forgot, I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, a, an acquaintance of mine that I had a chance to work with and meet a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, Brian got a big job, uh, Brian Hobert with... Uh, U.S. Uh, with USAC, I'm sorry, with USAC, um, did his trial run down in Florida and, uh, you know, now has has the big dance. He's going to be there the rest of the season. So uh, that's pretty cool. But, Rich, around these parts, as they say, not a whole lot going on. We're just kind of sitting back and waiting now. No, we can give you a little bit of a shout-out a little few weeks in advance, and we'll talk about it sooner. But uh, get, your, get your calendars cleared out. Saturday, March 16th. I'm the Michigan Auto, Race, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Bowling Tournament at Royal Scott Golf and Bowl in Lansing. Uh, 
I'm going to be there. Zach, is this going to be three years in a row we're going? I uh, I have nothing on my calendar, so uh, I don't see why not. Okay, I, I know I know I will be there. A um, lot of fun bowling for a good cause uh, for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Uh, you can reach out there. If you have any questions, you can reach out to Chuck Darling on Facebook. He'd be glad to answer any questions you have. Chuck does a great job organizing this. Uh, a lot of sponsors this year, and I expect this to be the best one ever, Zach. My question, uh, big question for me, do they still sell Pepsis at uh, Royal Scott Golf and Bowl? Yes. All right, then I suppose. Did I answer that too fast for I, you? I suppose you and I will be there then. That's a pretty yes. safe bet. I got the 20s. All right, well, that sounds good. Um, other than that, Rich, really – when I look at the calendar of things that I care about coming up, uh, ASA Stars National Tour goes back to five flags in March. And then after that, U.S. Short Track Nationals at Bristol, April 6th, uh, which is going to be a big one. Uh, CRA Street Stocks, Midwest Modified Tour, Vors Compact Touring Series. That is just over, Rich. Can you believe this? A month and a half away, right yep, around the corner. And then, you know, after the Short Track Nationals, then we have racing opening up here in Michigan. It's love that it. quick, it's, within a week or two after. It's right here. So, we made it, Zach. We made it through the offseason. Yeah, How about look, us? What do we got here? Well, So, we're in the third week of February. February is a short month. We got one more week in February. Then it's March. And, you know, we're basically there. We, we've done yeah. the hard work. We enjoyed our three days off, didn't we? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. All right, well, that's going to do it for uh, our program tonight. On behalf of uh, Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, uh, I want to say thank you to Zeke McKenzie and to Danny Sams for making time to join us tonight. Uh, for Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.